Hello, lifers, and welcome to another podcast episode of Because Life Can Be a Niche. I'm so glad to have you uh, joining us on the ride with us. If you're listening, thank you so much for listening to the show. We appreciate you and value you. And we also encourage you to come watch uh, the show as well on our YouTube channel, Life Can Be a Niche. We would love to uh, engage with you there and have you there. Uh, as always, you guys know how to reach me on social media at Katie Bryant Writes. Uh, and that's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then catch a blog, Life Unfolding, uh, this month for November. I'm actually posting a blog every day uh, for things that I'm grateful for. Um, I'm grateful every day, but I made it intentional and it's also forcing me to really get on that blog like I should. So every day I have been posting just little small things, uh, but something that I'm grateful for and why. Uh, so please uh, check it out on katiebryantwrites.com. Uh, and uh, get in the comments, share what you're grateful for. Join me uh, in the What Are You Grateful For uh, daily uh, post uh, that we'll see on Instagram and other places. Uh, and you guys know how we roll. If this is your first time joining us, you know, we always have, I'm a tea lover. I love my coffee. Don't get me wrong, but um, I really, really love tea. And uh, last episode, I asked y'all to send me kind of tea you were drinking and to give me suggestions and let me know, you know, what, what are you sipping on? And nobody sent me anything. So either you're not watching or those watching didn't, <laughs> didn't drink tea um, besides sweet tea. Uh, you're in the South uh, with us here in Georgia. It is sweet tea. I think it might even be against the law to drink unsweet tea here. Uh, but I have always shared that I love a hot cup of tea. And and we do every episode. We try to have a, a tea of the episode. I don't have a new tea. For you guys, um, I'm just going on an old standby because this is the it's post election night. So this is Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday. We'll drop it. But on Tuesday was you know when everybody voted, and we're still waiting on results. And we'll probably be waiting tomorrow. It has been a very long day, uh, so. I didn't go out and try to get a new tea or a different tea. I just went with what I usually roll with, which I told you right now, my all-time favorite tea is called Paris. Um, and it is, I love loose leaf teas. You can kind of see what's in my teacup here. Um, it's just like a little, it's so good. Oh, it's, it's good. But uh, I don't drink it. Uh, I'm not that much of a purist. I actually put amber rock sugar in my tea and it is mm, wonderful and I need it right now because it's been a long day. I did not stay up watching the election results and I'm not going to be on here long. I just wanted to come in, uh, I thought tonight, uh, to record tonight uh, would really capture me as raw in the moment as I could possibly be uh, for this particular episode. I have been doing a pandemic revelation series about, you know, what have you learned through the pandemic? What have you gained? Uh, what have you pulled out of this pandemic? A lot of people have spent more time 
with their families or spent more time at home uh, or just not traveling. We don't have as many creature comforts or distractions as we normally would. And from that, a lot has been birthed. So many new businesses and um, and ideas and, and creativity flowing. And it's been, it has really been a blessing for those that I've actually seen uh, journey into uh, a new walk uh, out of this. I, I'm so proud of the people I know um, because so much is coming forth out of it. To that end, uh, as I sit here post-election night, um, like we said, I'm, we're still waiting and we'll probably be waiting tomorrow uh, as well. I, I don't know how everything is going to pan out. Uh, but I want to talk about what are you, what are you getting out of this process, the election process in the pandemic? And, and how are you handling that? I was, um, I'm going to keep my tea. I normally sit my tea to the side because I think it's kind of rude to just be having tea without you guys having it with me. So get a cup of tea if you are watching right now. Um, sip on something. You probably, I mean, I'm not going to advise you what to put in your tea. Just sip on something. Let's talk. Uh, have some real talk. Um, I knew this election would be different. And that's the topic. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, in a, pan a pandemic election. Um, going in, I knew it was going to be different. I expected um, a different type of spirit around it, uh, just because of the way things have been unfolding in our world, and especially in our country, in our own backyard. Uh, but I don't know if, I don't know if I thought it would go down the way it's going down in terms of, uh, everything that has happened leading up to it. So just to be as transparent as possible, I think this is probably the first time in my, I, I, I don't think that, this is the first time that I have been in different text threads and uh, social media groups and friend circles where the people and in prayer circles and where the people are encouraging each other to make sure you stock up on supplies and that you have everything you need set aside, that you're not out uh, and about in these streets. Uh, especially, you know, by the time the election is decided uh, for your safety, for, for your safety. And I 
don't know. Uh, I'm not speaking for a majority because I don't know what the majority, like I said, this is my circle. And I have various circles that I just mingle in and and mommy circles and friendship circles and college buddy circles and sorority circles. And everybody has been very clear that, you know, it, it might not be safe. Either way, the, the election just is decided. It could not be safe. But especially if uh, Trump is not reelected, that maybe some of the militia or gun-wielding citizens uh, may want to do something. I don't know what. Um, I'm not accusing anybody of doing anything yet because I haven't seen anything done. Like I said, it's, it's Wednesday night, so it's post-election night. Uh, all of them, there's been no election yet. Nobody has been elected or reelected. But that sat with me uh, because I was prepared. I, I prepared before the messages started flying. Uh, the the level of uneasiness, and and I will say that this is my community. It's just African American women. Uh, and some men that have just been in conversation, just don't be out. Just try not to be out. And I know 2020 has just been, <laughs> it's, it's been something else. Um, and I'm not going to say throw it in the trash or, you know, I can't wait to get out of 2020, you know, although I'm, I'm glad it's November. Um, but 2020 has revealed so much. It's almost like, you know, wouldn't you want to know? Would you would you want to continue living in a fool's paradise that humanity was better than you thought it was? I mean, it's sad to know where we are and how far we come we've come and yet how far we haven't come. We're so divided as a country, as people, it's just, it's, it's a different time. And 2020 has really revealed, when I say pandemic revelations, it has revealed a lot about people and a lot about humanity. And, and I have been soaking it up and, and, and making sure I get everything I can get out of it. You know, what is it revealing about me? And, and as a person and, and what kind of person am I really when it comes down to it, you know, where do I stand on, on things and how do I speak up for what I believe and how do I uh, model that behavior for my children, for my sons, uh, my African-American sons. Um, but back to what I was initially saying, I don't know what, Twilight Zone reality show we're on. But I never thought 
I would be preparing for not the COVID-19 pandemic and stocking up because of that, but stocking up because there is a possibility that there will be retaliation or violence that will take place or may take place. Uh, the fact that it's even, even if it's not true, uh, you know, if, even if we can say, oh, well, that's, those are just rumors, you know, although I've seen people on social media saying that that's what they're going to do, but, you know, that's not the nation, but it's a pretty good number. It's enough of a number for people to stop and take note and go out and, and get supplies. And that, that just bothered me. <laughs> just some, so many levels uh, about where we are right now. And what, what are we living in? I don't even know. I, I, don't even, I don't know that I've ever seen anything. I haven't. I don't know why I keep saying I don't know if I've ever. I have not seen anything like this before. And and I, I pray we get through the necessary work that has to be done uh, so that our children won't inherit uh, the mess, the shambles uh, that we have put uh, society in. And like I said, y'all, Mm. Uh, it's nothing in here but tea. <laughs> but I needed that. Um, when you are faced with uh, differences and faced with, you know, everybody thinks what's right, or you think you're right, and, and, and maybe the other side thinks they're right, and, and we're all wrong. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're all flawed. Um, we're human. And so there's no room for any, anyone to judge anyone else. We need to let, let I'm going to let God sort that out. I'm not sitting down here uh, judging passing judgment by any means. But I am thinking in the pandemic revelation, giving serious thought to what I teach my sons about this uh, and what we have to do as people who do believe in equity and fairness and justice and faith and hope and love and God, what, what do we need to do? Because the, the election is one, well, I'm not gonna say one day. The election is one whatever, days, one week. I don't know how long it, it'll be. Even that is, just uh, different in itself because of the pandemic, the actual pandemic of COVID-19, 
the provisions that were made for people who had compromised immune systems or didn't feel comfortable standing in lines or going out in crowds. You know, we didn't even think in March that we would be discussing still not really out in crowds in November. I don't think any of us thought that we would still be dealing with that and and reeling from that too. So the fact that the election the, the landscape of it changed because of that is enough. But it's a different animal when your children come to you and ask, because you know, we've had this whole discussion about the Electoral College. You know, I just had them, you know, just trying to make sure they understood the process. And now they're older, making sure you get it. Do you understand, you know, why this is? Even though some of it, I'm like, throw the whole electoral college. I mean, throw it away. I'm just like, okay, I cannot explain it. I really want to say throw it away because me trying to tell it and explain it uh, in a way that makes sense to them, because the kids think very simplistic. So they're like, wait, so we vote. But the people, the person who gets the most votes still might not win because you go back like, yeah, yes, yes, it's all that. It's a thing. I may have someone come on and just talk about how it works because I want to revisit it myself. Um, but when my kids came and asked me, are we safe on, you know, on election day? That's a conversation I didn't expect that I would be having with my children in 2020. I had this conversation growing up because I'm a 70s baby. So even though civil rights, uh, the movement itself, what, you know, we weren't out being marching and, and having water hose and dogs, you know, sicked on us, uh, like my parents or like my dad experienced. My dad's from Birmingham, so he was um he actually got to experience some civil rights movement activity uh and i just remember as a kid you know in the 70s and even in the 80s uh my father being very clear about in certain places we have to be very careful where we go we have to be careful where we travel you know certain places you don't want to be at night uh and and that was in the in the eighties, you know, it's in late seventies, early eighties. You know, it's just, but you expect that if you are in a, in my generation, and for those of you who are, you know, I'm forty seven. So for those of you in this age range, you very likely have parents who were a part of the civil rights movement or were they were teenagers or growing up or young adults uh, as it really began to unfold. And so we have a unique experience in that. We share that, especially if our parents poured into us and taught us uh, about the significance and the relevance of it. And I didn't expect that this year would open the door for that conversation and talk about civil rights, human decency, human rights, fairness, 
equity, justice for all in such a way that has been so in your face because of the things that have un been unfolded even more. They, I'm not gonna say this is a surprise. Uh, we have been in a state of dealing with this for quite a while. But I didn't expect my kids to say, are we safe over an election uh, or the results of an election just because, you know, they're scrolling through the TV, they're scrolling channels and, you know, may catch a glimpse of something and, and, and my youngest, um, very intense, I mean, listens intensely. And he was like, wait a minute, what? And, and I think it was the, the story, um, uh, the, the news coverage that broke where the armed citizens, it was two things, armed citizens were arrested for plotting to, you know, arrest or kidnap the, the governor of um, Michigan or something to that face late. So I'm trying to make sure I get that right. But they saw that and they were asking like how, uh, you know, how, what is, what does that mean? And, and then they saw um, the bus, the uh, Biden's campaign bus and how they were harassed by people with, with guns to the point where they didn't feel safe enough to hold the rally. So they canceled the rally in Texas. Um, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. If it's happened and I missed it, somebody let me know where uh, in America, gun wielding citizens actually shut down or stop uh, an actual rally from happening. Um, I, I missed it. If it's happened, I, I missed that totally. Uh, but I'm, I'm old enough now to where I can see what that is. And I guess to a kid, uh, it, it does, you know, raise a lot of questions because they've lived through a number of elections. Uh, my son was, uh, my oldest son was, was born right before um, President Obama was elected. And, uh, and my younger son, of course, came soon after that. So they have seen an African-American president and they also, um, saw, you know, some of the things that were said uh, and, and done and what people would do, uh, the, the name calling or the, the signs or whatever that was uh, despicable, but they were younger. So it didn't really hit them like that, but man, was I surprised um, to get that question uh, about whether or not they're safe, uh, depending on what decision comes comes out. And I don't know how parents are dealing with that, or if you are even. I 
done my level best to limit uh, what my children see on TV. Uh, but I don't, I'm definitely no Pollyanna and I am not shielding them from the reality of the world today because I don't want them walking out with rose colored glasses thinking all things are lovely and we're down here cutting up as humans, which we are uh, in the most, we're cutting up most effectively. I mean, I don't know if it's a cut up playbook, but if it is, uh, we've mastered that. Uh, we got that thing memorized. You might as well come up with a new cut up playbook, cut up too, because we've mastered cutting up to the nth degree. Uh, and that is, that's a, a poignant, it's something that sits with you. As a parent is sitting with me, uh, one, because I actually stocked up. I didn't say, hey, I'm stocking up in case, you know, more hell breaks loose because hell has definitely been, you know, just just doing the most. It has definitely been uh, some very mean spirited, evil, ugly, dirty things that have just come out and been revealed. And so I'm not, I'm, I'm not going around saying, kids, I'm stocking up in case it's Armageddon. But they noticed that. They noticed it and they paid enough attention to ask the question. And I will say as a child uh, growing up, because my father and my mom grew up in a time uh, where literally, uh, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Medgar Evers, uh, just icon after icon, so many um, valuable pieces, I guess, in the movement were in their lifetime. You know, they actually, that, that was happening. They were there. Uh, to see that or to hear the speeches when they were given, you know, on the radio, they could hear it live, not watch a replay of it. And I thought I was doing a great job of educating my children on that uh, aspect of life for, uh, for African-Americans and for people uh, in general, uh, just why it's so important to do what's right and, and to if you are a Christian to follow that, follow the book. Uh, but I think the lesson of 2020, 2020 has given them real life up close and personal experience that I, you know, that we, I can't watch enough eyes on the prize with them on, on our public public broadcasting station. It's just not enough but to see it now and to see it affecting uh, young people and middle-aged people and older people and to see how it's all unfolding has been eye-opening and and it is an opportunity to teach so here's my here's my question really my thought and I I just want to I really want to get in conversation with with those of you who have children uh what are you teaching them about the voting process because this this is definitely a unique situation because of the pandemic. But then we were, we're dealing with another pandemic, uh, the pandemic that 
uh, cause all of my threads to go on high alert, all of my groups to be like, hey, go stock up and don't be out in the streets. Um, that's a people pandemic. It's not COVID. That's a people problem. That's people problem. Um, so this has been a time where I have tried to educate even more on the, the importance of standing up for what is right and what you believe in and the, the critical, necessary attention that has to be paid and actions that have to be taken to ensure that you're not just, because it's not impacting you personally, that you're just not sitting back watching it on TV unfold or watching the news and, and not doing something about it, using your voice, using your, your prayers, your action, you know, how I have started educating them, not just, you know, be a good human or do your best or, you know, start your own business if you want to start your business one day, or this is, this is what, these are the things you need to do in order to live the life, like, lifestyle that you want, or this is what you need to do if you want to, you know, live a lifestyle of service and become like a, an essential worker or something like that. Um, or you want to go to college, you know, this is what you need to do uh, and, and pushing those things in front of them so they know that they always have options to do any one of those things to be a productive, happy, successful human. But this year, seeing everything unfold the way it has, it has really changed the way I teach them about the election process and the words that I use around them and encouraging them to know that you can be involved in a powerful way and you can affect so much change in a powerful way, but you have to be grounded in a code of ethics that is not just something you can pick up and put down when you feel like it or cherry pick out of it, uh, what you want or what benefits you, but a, a strong constitution, a personal constitution. I'm not talking about the paper, you know, that I'm not talking about the constitution of the United States. I'm talking about a personal constitution. And that has been a pandemic revelation for me as a parent is instilling in my sons the importance of being involved in the political process. You don't have to run for office you, if that's not what you desire. I know I wouldn't want to do it, but you do have to be a part of it in a positive way. Uh, and that means everything from attending and participating in your local commission meetings. And if you have children, the school board meetings and, and all of those things. And that's even something that I have been convicted in 
in terms of school board, I didn't really attend school board meetings beforehand. I have recently started to attend. I would always read up on it and, and see what happened, but I was not there in the room when decisions were being made or when areas were being discussed that would impact my children. Why wouldn't I be? Why wouldn't I have been there? What, why was I not going? Um, time, I mean, what, I mean, it's once a month, if I'm not mistaken. So either way, um, I have expressed to them the importance of your local elections matter. And you need to understand and study the candidates and understand and know what this means and, and what all that comes out of that. And it has been an unexpected surprise because they are paying attention. And for boys, because I'm a mom of boys, <laughs> to be paying attention, I can tell you right now, that's a feat in itself. I mean, I feel like I've accomplished something because they have the attention span of gnat hair. <laughs> it's just, it's something about these boys and they're approaching these one just turned uh, 13 and, and the other one is approaching that, you know, the preteen age. And, and it's just, their attention span is just like, hey, hey, like you got me for five minutes. If you can't say what you need to say in five minutes, you know, I'm zoning out. Or I'm already thinking about my next um, Among Us strategy or Fortnite or whatever is, whatever we got going on. Uh, but I'm glad that I'm not happy about the atrocities and the, the, the evil that has happened or that we've seen revealed to us. Not happy about that at all. But I am glad that the conversation has been, there is a conversation now with my children that I, we probably wouldn't have had if we had not had the coronavirus and we had seen uh, George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and, and Breonna Taylor, if all these things didn't unfold during this pandemic season, um, our conversations may be different. And knowing that our future and the world really hangs in the balance of the young people we're raising now, and they're watching us act up, cut up, they're watching uh, and, and, and we're not giving them a good example of how to, how you resolve conflict. Well, let's not all go out and buy guns and chase buses off the road. Let's try not to do that. That's not what we want to do. But if you want to protest and march and, 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 you know, do your best to peacefully disrupt something, that's one thing, but man, weaponry it's just a different discussion to, to today's this year's discussion has been different and i'm glad that even through that this is a learning moment it's a teaching moment with them and and i remember um and i'm trying to do it as eloquently as, as my mom and dad did it uh, because they were teachers and i've shared before i'm a teacher's kid so 
because they were teachers, social studies and civic, you know, duty and, and all of that stuff, especially for my dad, uh, because my mom taught a lower grade, but she, uh, I think she's mostly focused on English at the time and reading. This was back in the day, y'all, when they had, you know, just your math teacher and all this kind of stuff. It wasn't like it is now, but teachers taught multiple subjects. My father loved history and social studies and anything to do with civic, you know, duty. And he instilled that in me at, at a very young age. Like, I think I might've been too young because I'm like, man, just let me live. I mean, he literally would always say to me, you know, do the right thing. No matter what. I mean, even until uh, I think like when he was sick, he this, this is when he was in the hospital for the last time and he was dying. And when he could still talk, because he, he stopped talking a lot before um, he actually passed away. But when he still had his voice, it was just strong enough. And this was before I just went and camped out and stayed in the hospital with with him uh, for those final uh, two weeks. And he will always, I don't care what it was, whenever I would get ready to leave or to go somewhere, if I was at their house or, you know, they were with me and I was going to the store or whenever I went to the hospital and I would leave, get ready to leave to go home, he always said, all right, Slim, do the right thing. Just remember, do the right thing. And I always wondered, because he said that to me since I was able to understand English. And I always wondered, why do you have to tell me that every time? Every time you tell me that, every time. Uh, but he made it a point to say that, okay, do the right thing. All right, I'll see you later. Make sure you do the right thing. And I wonder what this world would be if parents and people who are raising children, even if they're not your birth children, but you're responsible for them, guardians, um, whatever, if Every time we just reminded the children, all right, do the right thing. Do, all right, see you later, do the right thing. I wonder what difference would we see if we all did that? Uh, and he, I mean, it, he didn't hold any punches back. Uh, he was very clear on thinking and thinking for yourself and making decisions, you know, based on, you know, sit down, you better sit down and think about that thing. He's always tell me. And he always instilled, and I am now seeing why he did that, why he was on me so much, because he knew this was coming. He always saw this coming, that things were going to eventually come to a head in this country. He always said that. And he was like, yeah, you're talking crazy. What you talking about? 
but he he saw it. He he knew probably because he knew that what he grew up with didn't really get resolved. It it settled down, but it never got addressed and resolved. Mm. Had to take another sip. And so his advice to me, I'm now giving to my sons. And he did too, when he was alive, he would tell them the same thing. All right, okay, buddy, do the right thing. He, he would say that to them. And, and they remember that, uh, him saying that. He always said, remember granddad always say, do the right thing. What do you think we was going to do? I said, probably the wrong thing. <laughs> More than likely, you was going to do the wrong thing. Um, and that's in everything. That's in business. That's for your job, your career, your bit, your personal business, uh, your your personal life, your relationships. I mean, it just kind of it's blanket. He didn't say do the right thing at work, do the right thing, you know, with your children, do the right thing with your boo. He never said. He never specified what to do the right thing about. It was just do the right thing. The tricky part what we're seeing in 2020 is what's right is subjective. <laughs> it's like, hey, what's right to me might not be right to you, what's right here. So we got to have some type of landing place that we all agree this is the right thing. And that's what I'm praying for, that we get there, that we find that. But I remember my dad telling me if you sit down and you really do some thinking and you think about your decisions before you actually, before you make your final decision, before you do whatever it is, that thing you're going to do, don't just think about what's right in front of you or what's right now. Always look at the bigger picture and look beyond what someone's asking of you. And what, what is it you're really answering? And, you know, I might've been 10 when he told me about this whole decision-making thing and, and doing the right thing and how you make decisions. But it's so true. I see it now and I, I, I had to lean on those skills uh, this season, especially with raising children and, and raising young men to have to be, you know, you have to make decisions. And his advice was, don't ever feel like you have to be rushed to make a decision. Think about that thing. Sit down and think about what it is you're really doing and what is the ripple effect of your decision. So you got this in front of you and this is this one thing. But if you decide to do this for this one thing, what are the repercussions? What else is that impacting? What are you, what is being affected by that one decision? It's bigger, it's always bigger than one decision or one thing you're, you're hanging your hat on or this one issue that you're hanging your hat on. There's consequences and repercussions to one thing. And that's hard to teach. 
but he made me do it so much. Every time I would have to explain why I made decisions. Anytime I get in trouble, it wasn't just, we could just give me my punishment. Just let me just, what are you taking the phone? That, that, that would probably hurt me the most. You know, not my cell phone children. <laughs> You're watching them. like the, the landline. I can't get on the, the landline. I can't just talk on the phone. I would always just want to get the punishment because the real punishment was having to go to my father and explain my decision. And then to hear him say, huh, did you think about this? When you did that, did you think that? Did you think this was going to happen? Who all you think got hurt by this? And I just be a heaping mess by the time the conversation was over. But it instilled in me critical thinking skills where I weigh the ripple effect. I weigh what's happening as a result of my selfishness or a result of my poor judgment on this, now all of these other things have happened that I may not have thought about, didn't think about. And that's what I'm teaching my kids. <laughs> Just I'm trying, trying to channel all that stuff. I mean, my dad was a master at that game. I mean, it was like, I mean, y'all, if you watch Scandal, Olivia Pope, nothing. Her daddy had nothing on my he was always playing chess. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm 10. Just will you let me live? Just let <laughs> me. I made a bad choice. I'm sorry. I made the wrong decision. Or I made the right decision for the wrong reason. Or I made the wrong decision for the right reason. It, it didn't matter. Even if, even if I wasn't in trouble, whenever we would talk, I would have to explain why I came up with my end game. What, what made you do that? What made you say that? What made you decide that? And that's what I'm trying to do with these kids. It's, it's, all my dad was doing was making me think. He Sometimes it was no right or wrong answer. It was just, I want to see if you're really thinking. I want to see if you're really paying attention to what you're doing. Because you are not, the universe is not revolving around you, ma'am even though I was the only child and it, it, I, it really could have, but it didn't, they made sure of that. <laughs> and so that's what I'm teaching my sons. And what a perfect time when you are looking at, you know, where we are as a country, where we are as a people, where we are in an election and all the decisions that you have to make or decisions that you need to decide where you stand on things. And I want them to think for themselves and to have critical thinking skills to get them through to that next. And I guess if I tell them, do the right thing. <laughs> hey, hey Slims, do the right thing. And force them to think through their decision-making process. You know, I think we'll pull this thing on out. But it is definitely um, a different type of lesson that I didn't expect to have to teach or really not even teach it to really guide because 
they are really the end game for us. I mean, they, the children we're raising now hear everything we say, every comment, every, uh, you know, well, they don't see your text, but they see your posture and your demeanor. They know where you're coming from. <laughs> they, know where, they know what you mean, what you're getting at. And my father always said, you know, racism and prejudice and bigotry, that stuff only in as long as my generation is still alive. And I, and I always just say, what are you talking about? He's like, we all have to die. You have a chance. Your generation has a chance to make it right. But. I don't want us all to have to go anywhere now. I'm not saying we need to go to the upper room. Not implying that at all. But I think, again, he told me that when I was a little girl. But as things happen and times moved on and, and people continue to be as human as they could possibly be, uh, I don't see that in our generation. I see us guiding and, and advising and doing something to impact change, getting involved, not just with politics, getting involved with our families, getting involved with our circles and getting involved with our supporting local businesses and small businesses and our own communities, getting intentional about that. Yeah, absolutely. I see us doing that. But I'm looking at us right now in terms of where we stand as a country and I'm like my dad, it's on you, kid. <laughs> Tell him looking at my kids, like, it's on y'all. Y'all better clean it up. Y'all, we're going to try to pull it together so that we leave you something other than worry and isolation and sheltering in place uh, and questioning so many things that I didn't even have, I didn't see as a kid, you know, my innocence was not shattered in this way. Uh, and, and so that is, that's, that's what's been on my heart, y'all. That's what, that's what it is. It's in this pandemic revelation um, and dealing with a pandemic election, what can I do to teach my children, we, we can still affect change. We can totally make a difference. And we're better than what we're seeing. Because I'm still rooting for humanity. I'm still rooting for, for us and in the kingdom community of Christians, I'm rooting for us to really, uh, let's get it. Let's, let's, let's get everything that needs to be gotten out of this pandemic in terms of the lesson, because it's more than just a virus. It's bigger than that. And, and we have to do something. We, gotta, we have to do something different than what we've been doing. And I'm looking to my children to make sure that what I'm giving them, what I'm modeling for them and how I'm training them 
to think, really think about what ripple effect will happen from your decision. What else does that open the door to? What is ushered in as a result of your decision? And do the right thing. It sounds so easy, doesn't it? It ain't. <laughs> Trust me. It ain't. It ain't easy. You know, for grammar police, it is not easy. Um, but we're here. And as long as we still have breath and our bodies and an ability to, and a sound mind and an ability to, and an open mind, a sound and open mind and, and a willing heart, we're gonna be okay. And this next generation of kiddos that are coming through, they've seen a lot. <laughs> they've experienced a lot. And I'm, I'm believing that we will do better so that they will inherit better and they will make it greater and better and more wonderful than we could even imagine. Because they, they see what we've got in ourselves and they, they're watching us on the news. They see just how we're rolling. I mean, just, but there's still hope. So that is it, y'all. That's my pandemic. Really, that, that was more for me talking myself through it. <laughs> Than it was for y'all on this podcast. It has been a year to remember and not forget. Because if we forget, we might slip up and, and go back to doing the same stuff that got us in here in the first place. So definitely not a year to forget. It's a year to remember. And for those of you out there listening, I hope you are fired up and energized to do the right thing and to get involved as much as you can in your home, with your family, with your friends, with your, your friends who are like family and in your local organizations and your local businesses. I hope, this, I hope you're fired up. And if you have children, I, I, I hope you're fired up with them too. And I'd love to hear your comments. Like, what are you, what are you teaching your kids through this? Because uh, there's some realistic conversations happening. It's we can't sugarcoat it and Pollyanna our way through this. It has to be addressed, addressed up front, and um, honestly and openly, and prayerfully. So, thank y'all for riding for. Sipping on the tea is Paris, y'all, because life can be a niche. Isn't that the truth? It's, it can be a niche, um, but we are still here. So thank you guys for riding with us, doing life with us. Uh, again, get at us. If you haven't subscribed and you're watching this on the YouTube channel, it's literally 
just take your finger and boop, just that's it. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything to subscribe. You can do it. Um, I share it, tell all your friends about it. It's not that hard. I really appreciate it. We appreciate every comment, every um, thumbs up, every heart. And, you know, I even appreciate the thumbs down because then at least I know somebody's list. You know, you listen. I don't, if you didn't like it, I'm not worried about that. You were there. And I appreciate you for being there, sharing your opinion. We're not going to always agree. So please, please, please on social media at Katie Bryant Writes and follow us on the blog. Um, I think my thing that I was grateful for today. Uh, was, um, and this is Wednesday, so I was grateful for beaches and sand. Sunny beaches and ocean breezes, I believe is what it was. Because I sure miss it. And I, we all need it. Everybody need to just go woo side the beach, but not at the same time, because, you know, y'all might not have your mask on. So let's wait. I'm not saying go out there all at the same time, but we could all use a place to woo side and to decompress. And as always, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and good people, I will see you when I see you. Y'all get that cup of tea. Go ahead and sip your tea. It's going to be okay. <laughs>